baskets. John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and, and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. He looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So, a little while ago, Herb spoke on verses 1 through 18, and that was like the prologue of this gospel. And he kind of went over the Word, who is Jesus, who became he, uh, God in the flesh, takes on flesh, and is the Word of God, and communicates to us who God is. And he is God made manifest. And then he also talked about the witness, who is John the Baptist. And we're going to hear more about John the Baptist, and actually more about his witness and his testimony of who is Jesus. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say John, I'm, when, I, when I say John, I'm going to refer to the author of this book, of this gospel. And then I'll try to refer to John the Baptist as just the Baptist. That way it doesn't get confused as what John I'm talking about. But, so John is writing this gospel, and he says in the later chapters, I think 20, chapter 20, that he's writing that we will believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God. So he wants you to know he's the Christ, he's the Son of God, and that by believing in him, we can have eternal life. That is the whole point of this gospel. And so, after the prologue is over, we start in chapter nine, in verse 19. Now John's going to give us the testimony of the Baptist, John the Baptist. 
And in doing so, in every, you know, we've, we're going through Mark as a church, and in every good biography, you've got to know who is it that we're talking about. Jesus. And so he's answering the question, who is Jesus? And he's giving us the Baptist testimony of who he is, and then multiple disciples. There's a lot of uh, different um, names given about to, to Christ in this section. You have King of Israel, you have Son of God, all kinds of different titles. And throughout all of it, it's revealing to us who Jesus is, and it's butting up against our response and others' responses to him. And so we'll kind of just like work through this, like almost verse at a time. Again, I'll, I'll be pretty brief, but we'll kind of go through this. We'll explain a little bit of what's happening here, and then I'm going to highlight three things at the end. And throughout it, I'll be highlighting those three things as well. And so starting verse 19, we see that, again, it's the testimony of John. When the Jews, and Jews in this gospel, throughout this gospel, as we'll you know, track along, Jews most of the time refers to enemies. But obviously it can mean different things too, of just geographical people and just like a people group, different things. But John has a specific way of talking about the Jews, and he shows them as those who are kind of instigators and those who are kind of against Jesus. But we see here the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? So John the Baptist is a super popular guy. He's got a big crowd that's following him. He's dressed real weird and funky, and he's saying a lot of things that they're not used to. And so the Jews and the Jewish-like people, it says later that um, they were sent from the Pharisees, they're like, hey, go check this out. There's a big crowd, a big following. And throughout this gospel, you see the Jews as enemies, and they're sending people to go instigate and figure out who is this guy. So again, they're like the religious leaders. And if they hear that there's some stirring and uprising and there's people following this guy and he's preaching and proclaiming the kingdom, it's like you've got to figure out who is he, what is he doing. And so that's what you see here. So they go to him and they say, who are you? And John the Baptist, his, his testimony and his witness is really a witness about who he's not at first. He's saying, well, I'm not the Christ. So you kind of can get the point that they're all anticipating and expecting something. Because they ask him specifically, are you Elijah? Are you, the, are you the prophet? Are you the Christ? And so these are specific questions that the religious leaders are asking of him. Because they are all anticipating a coming Christ. We're all right now anticipation is very, very high. And so like, okay, send some people, ask who this guy is, and then John knows what they're asking. He's saying, He confessed and did not deny, but confessed. If I want to really prove something to you, I'm gonna say it three times and I'm gonna be really repetitive like that. John the Baptist is saying, Do not get this get me confused. I am not the Christ. And so then they're like, Okay, well, who are you then? We can't just go back and say you're not the Christ. We've got to give some kind of answer to them. And so John gives this description of himself. He says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. This is a direct quote from Isaiah. And what happened in Isaiah's ministry is he was sent to, say, to make straight the way of the Lord. It's like there, you know, hills and valleys. And he's saying, he's coming to make, metaphorically make straight the way of the Lord. Make it. Um, make the people ready to receive Yahweh who's coming or to re return to exile. And so we get a big picture here of John proclaiming this, making straight the way, preparing the way for the Lord to come, Jesus, who will come on the scene here in the next couple of uh, verses. But his preaching is laying the foundation and making the people ready to hear Jesus come. 
And so that's what John is doing. He's proclaiming this. He's baptizing people. And baptism, and they'll say, why are you baptizing? They're very shocked at this baptism because this is a very um, significant like cleansing ritual to baptize the whole person. And this is what John was doing to the Jews. He was telling the Jews, you need to be ready because the Messiah is coming. And he was doing a very dramatic uh, ritual cleansing. This kind of cleansing was really for like pagans. So if someone was going to convert to Judaism, then they would have to be washed completely. And so John is basically saying to these religious people, you need to be washed and you need to be cleansed. And that was a very like significant thing to even them. And so they're wondering, why are you doing these things? And so John responds with, I baptize with water, but he, uh, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me. And then again, we see John's humility here. John is saying, I'm not the Christ. I'm not Elijah. I am lowly. I'm just proclaiming. I'm just a voice, he's saying. I'm just a voice that's preparing the way for the Lord, proclaiming the good news that Jesus is coming and that he's performing that exile like Isaiah was talking about. And so that's what he gives to them to go and report back. And then we move on. So we're going to move in these days. John, as, you, as we were reading through, you saw in the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And so we'll kind of move in that sequence. So the next day, John sees Jesus coming toward him. And again, with John's big following, he has close disciples who he's teaching these things to and telling them in more detail about it. But the next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is actually John the Baptist's testimony. So we all have testimonies in here about how the Lord has saved us and how, the, how we came to know who that Jesus is Lord and came to believe in him. And this right here is the Baptist's testimony. And John records that for us so that we can see his coming to know Christ. And then by seeing the testimony that John gives us, we can believe in that testimony too. Because we weren't there. We didn't see this with our own eyes. We believe through his account. And so this is his account. He saw Jesus coming and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he, and he's talking to his disciples. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water. Again, we've talked about that. So that he might be revealed to Israel. And so here's John's testimony. If someone were to ask John, Why are you a Christian? John the Baptist. If they were going to ask him, Why are you a Christian? He would say, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So John is saying the reason I'm a Christian and that I believe that Jesus is the Christ is because I saw in his baptism, John the Baptist is the one who baptizes Jesus, and in that baptism, he sees the Spirit descend upon him like a dove and remain on him. And then he hears a voice that says, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain. This is who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So again, this prophecy that the Spirit would descend and remain on a figure. So in the Old Testament, it's like the Spirit's going to come and it's going to indwell a man and he will have the power to give the Spirit. And so John the Baptist is, is remembering this and he's telling his disciples these things. He's preaching that this is the Christ. And again, it's significant for us because John, the author of this gospel, wants us to know he is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. And by believing in him, we can have eternal life as well. And so John records his testimony. 
And again, all these things are significant. The Spirit descending on him, that's an Old Testament fulfillment. Um, the Spirit remaining on Jesus. So John uses this word remain, which we'll see here more, more in a little bit. But the Spirit remains on him. It dwells in him. And so because it dwells in him so fully, he is able to give abundantly to those who believe in him. And John is making this clear to us. That if we by believing in Jesus, he will abundantly supply his Spirit to us. And so now we move to the next day, verse 35. The next day, again, John, the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. We have another repetition. He claims him to be the Lamb of God again here. And then the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? This is really significant here, because this, this can be also um, interpreted as like what do you want and so in the in the a gospel for basically new christians it's for you know all kinds of christians obviously but for a gospel that is trying to describe to you this is jesus the christ and that by believing him you can have eternal life so he's this is a witness this is a gospel presentation of who jesus is and john's um significantly records Jesus turning to his disciples, two people who want to start following him, and he asks them, what do you want? And that's really significant because Jesus says that to really all of us. In the beginning of all of our walks with Christ, or when we decide that we want to start following Jesus, Jesus says to us, what do you want? And we all have obviously different wants, and we, have, we know people who have different wants. Some people are seeking after you know, happiness, there's joy, there's comfort. We don't want to be afraid. We want to know truth. What is, what is real truth? What actually happens after death? There's all these different answers and things that we're seeking after. We want success. All these different kind of things that we and others around us are seeking. And Jesus is asking these disciples, what do you want? And so in our own minds and in our own hearts, as we read this, we can think, okay, what is it that I want? What is it that I'm after? And am I following Jesus for Jesus or for these other things. And the, actually, the significant thing about being a disciple of Jesus is that when we follow Jesus, we actually do get what we want. We get uh, joy. We get community. We get fellowship. We are, we're, we don't have to, we're not alone anymore. We have that community. And so Jesus, it's really significant. He's telling new followers, what is it that you're after? What are you seeking? And so he's telling us that as well. He will fulfill our desires, our greatest desires. He'll give us truth. He is truth, and we saw it in the prologue. He's full of grace and truth. So he will give us answers to our questions. He will give us fellowship for our loneliness, and he will fulfill our desires and make us happy. And, pros- and he'll also give us purpose. So we're, you know, people are seeking things all over in this world. You see it all the time. People are constantly seeking things. And Jesus is asking his disciples, what do you want? Because in him, you really truly find all fulfillment and purpose, dignity, and all that. Your sins are forgiven. Your, um, you don't have to be ashamed anymore. All these different things. You have a totally new identity. So there's a big identity piece here. And we'll come back to that in a little bit. But Jesus is saying, what are you seeking? What is it that you want? And uh, they, they, their answer to that question is, where are you staying? They're basically like, do you have, how much time you got? Because there's a lot of things we're after. And so Jesus says, come and you will see. And so they came and saw where he was staying. They stayed with him that day. He stayed for him a while, with him a while. And then their response to this, after staying with Jesus 
and being taught by Jesus. So they're disciples of the Baptist. Now they're learning from Jesus himself. And their response is, we see two of the disciples. One of them, so one of them was Andrew. The other one is presumably the John who wrote this gospel. But, you know, that's up for debate, I'm sure. But Andrew, after being with Jesus, listening to Jesus' teaching, he goes out, and his response is to go and tell his, his brother, Peter. And so he first found, his, first found him, and he tells him, this is what he's been being taught by Jesus. We have found the Messiah. Again, all of these terminologies, these big themes, Old Testament themes, Messiah, Son of God, Son of Man, King of Israel, all these things are meant to show us who Jesus is, and John wants us to be aware of that. And so he says, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And so he brought, he brought his brother Peter to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. And again, this Peter meaning rock. And it's like Jesus is addressing him, showing this intimate relationship. I already have knowing who Peter is. And so when, he come, when we come to him by faith, he knows us. And again, we'll see in a little bit, he knows Nathaniel as well. But he intimately knows us personally, and he gives us a new name and a new identity. And again, he gives Peter, it's symbolic of Peter here, of John the Baptist as well. And so that when we come to Jesus, and when we come to him with our needs and with our wants, he fulfills them in himself. And, and even going back to this, where are you seeking? He, they say, where are you staying? They wanted to remain with him. This is exactly like the Spirit when it remained on Jesus. They wanted to remain and abide with Jesus. So when we abide in Jesus, when we remain with Jesus, then our wants, our desires are fulfilled in him and in our new identity. And so the next day, verse 43, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And then again, what happens when people are called to follow Jesus? They go out and they get others to follow Jesus. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God. So again, they're making some serious claims. They kind of just met this guy and are just being taught by this guy. And yet they're already claiming him as the Christ. Philip is saying... We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets spoke about. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So they are making serious claims about Jesus. And again, it's kind of interesting. In John's gospel, they're the Lamb of God, all these different terminologies for Jesus. They're, stay, they're, they're saying these things in the beginning of the gospel. But as we read through and see, they're going to they're gonna misunderstand things that Jesus is saying. They're not going to fully understand the things that they're saying. And it's kind of... Kind of like us, too, because like I, I was imagining, I'm like, how in the world did John the Baptist know that he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world when he had like really just met him? It's like, in the Old Testament, the only like kind of two things that can give off this lamb feeling is Passover lamb and the lamb, the uh, servant lamb who is led to the slaughter in Isaiah 53. And so it's like, these are really theologically sound things that they're proclaiming when they have just met Jesus and just being taught by Jesus. And again, throughout the Gospels and even in Mark's Gospel, we see the disciples are constantly messing things up. But they're staking these, their claims and their faith on Jesus. And so we, like that, are saying things. Like we, are, we say we believe that Jesus is the Son of Man. 
And that's a quote from Daniel 7. Daniel 7 says that the Son of Man will go before the Ancient of Days, and the Ancient of Days will give all authority and dominion and power to him. And so what we're saying, we say we believe that is true. And so what, ought, what, what kind of effect should that have on us? And again, so we're kind of like the disciples here. We're saying that we believe things, that he's the Messiah, the Lamb of God, the Son of Man, King of Israel. And yet we, we don't quite fully understand these things ourselves. But we're saying we're, we're doing the same thing as Jesus. And that's kind of what we do. That's what we do every Sunday. Jesus is Lord. He is risen. He's risen indeed. We're saying these things. We believe these things. And yet we still don't quite fully grasp them. And one day they will be made clear. And our faith will be made sight. But as we go on, we see Nathaniel goes, uh, or Philip goes and gets Nathaniel. And Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And like, why does he say this? And it's really, so like the Jews didn't think very highly of the Galileans. And the Galileans didn't think very highly of the Nazarenes. And so it's like you have this trickle down effect. It's like the Nazarenes are kind of like the lowest of the low. And he's like, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And it's actually pretty significant that Jesus would state his identity as Jesus of Nazareth because he was born in Bethlehem. He could, much, he could easily have said Jesus of Bethlehem. But it's significant because Nazareth is it's showing Jesus' humility. Bethlehem was known for more of like a noble thing. They were like higher kingly kind of lineage. And so Jesus takes the name of Jesus of Nazareth. But that's basically why Philip or, uh, Nathaniel says that. And then again, Philip says the same thing that Jesus told the other disciples. Come and see. So again, in this gospel, John is writing to people trying to prove that he is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing we can have life in him. And so what would he say in this? He would be constantly calling us to come and see. Come and find out. What, what are you after? Come and see. Come and find out what Jesus is actually about. And so that's what John is doing in this. And so Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And again, Nathanael's like, how do, you, how do you know me? Jesus is showing again his divineness. He's knowing his personalness. I know you. I've, I've seen you. I saw you. When you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And then again, Nathanael saying another big, huge Old Testament theme. Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. So just by that little bit of information that Jesus saw him, and kind of had this divine understanding of who he was before he even met him. By that little bit, Nathaniel says, you are the king of Israel. You are the son of God. And this son of God um, description really is, because in the Old Testament, there is no son of God like thing. There's In Psalm 2, there's um, the Lord said to my Lord, you are my son, I have begotten you. And so that phrase, Jesus claiming to be the son of God, is really what got him killed. And so the Son of God, that whole theme and that title, what that really is articulating is that He is divine. He is of God, the same essence, the same nature as God. And so, again, that's why He gets killed. But that's the, that's the, that's the claims that John is making to us in the beginning of this gospel, so that we would believe that and that we would have life in His name, that He would give His Spirit freely like we have already seen. And so Jesus answered him, because I said... I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to them, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And so, as, as, we, close this, as we close this portion of the text, 
Jesus stakes his claim that he is the Son of Man. He is the one who goes before the Ancient of Days, receives all power, dominion. He is of the same essence and nature of who God is. And Jesus is saying, I am the, I am the latter. That, that uh, quote comes from Genesis 28. When Jacob is talking about in his dream, he sees a ladder and angels ascending and descending on it from earth to heaven, from earth to heaven. And Jesus is saying, I am the latter. And so John, in his gospel, wants to make it very clear that the, the gap is bridged by Jesus. The way we enter in and the way we are saved, the way we find out what exactly we truly want and truly need is through Jesus, is through the Son of Man who has all authority and all power. And John is making that incredibly clear. And so a couple things of application from this is obviously who Jesus is. It's super significant. We see that throughout. And then when Jesus calls people to follow him, and when people follow Jesus, they get a new identity. Like Peter, who got a new identity. Like John the Baptist, who was humbling himself and saying, I'm not even worthy to carry a sandal. These, and he, John the Baptist said of himself that I'm just a voice. I'm just one who, who heralds the good news, who makes straight the way of the Lord. And so as we follow Jesus, as we come and see what Jesus is all about, as we come to Jesus and tell him what we really want and what we really desire, what we're really after, Jesus will fulfill those desires. And then, as we see throughout this whole text, Jesus is constantly sending us out. So not only does he send us out, but we go willingly, just like Philip, just like um, John, John the Baptist is doing heralding. And so we see that throughout the, all the New Testament, Romans 10, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, I think. But we are ambassadors for Christ. And so once we come in, we find out who Jesus is, what he's all about. Then we go out, and it's our mission to go and share that good news, to herald that truth to those around us, to those in our workplace, our friends, our family, and all those things. So the, this text is really shouting at us, this is the Christ, the Son of God. Believe in him, you'll have eternal life, and then go and tell. Be a witness to the King. And so that's uh, all I have. J JJ, we're going to sing a couple songs, and then after that... The night is yours. We have games. We have um, the fire pit out there. We'll have pulled pork. Thanks to Dan and Lindsay for providing their house for us. And so we got games and stuff. We can hang out and 